your pass first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. It's free on all platforms, coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers losing some more games. It's what they do worst, I guess, or best, depending on... <laughs> depending on your view of the situation. Loss to the Celtics, followed by a loss to the Clippers since last time we spoke. Chauncey Billups, not in danger of losing his job. We will talk about that in the second segment. He's here He's here for year three next year. Strap in, y'all. And finally, close the show. Damon Lord says he's not ready to sit out games yet, but it does feel like and sound like there's a time when that's a-coming. Let's, let's, let's get into all of that. Um, um, I would say a fun show, but uh, I don't think the Blazers are doing a lot of things that are fun. But it's a good show. Stick around. I'm, I'm happy to have you listening. If it's your first time listening, what a funny time to get on board with the Blazers podcast. I appreciate you. If you're a long-time listener, let's do what we do. Starting with the fastest recap in the West, we got a couple games to go through. Blazers lose on Friday night, 126-112. They're down 8 early. They're down 15 at halftime, 19 after 3. And they kind of made it a game. Damon Lord, 25 points in the fourth quarter. Quarter. They were down, cut it to eight with three minutes and 11 seconds left. Cut it to eight again, just under three minutes. But Celtics score three straight times, f- push the lead out, and they win 126-112. This was just a game where they had no answer for the Celtics early. The, the Boston shot 15 three-pointers and took 12 free throws in the uh, first quarter. They want to bomb threes. They're on pace to bomb 60. And when they weren't bombing threes, they were getting to the free throw line. That was a very bad sign. Blazers defense had no answer. And they had no answer for Tatum. 18, he had 18 in the first corner, finished with 34. Jalen Brown helped shut the door late. He had 27. 15 from Marcus Smart. 13 from Derek White. 12, 5, and 10 dimes from Al Horford. On the Blazers' side, Damon Lord, 25. 25 in like a... Eight-minute stretch. He went nuts to give the Blazers a, a puncher's chance to win this game. He was he was really stinking good, um, particularly late. Particularly late. He 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 had four of five threes in that fourth quarter. He had he was two of ten entering the fourth quarter. He he wasn't shooting well. Um, they were giving him a lot of attention early on. It was Derek White on him, and then they switched Marcus Smart onto him. I thought Smart played well on him, and then in the fourth quarter, it just didn't matter. He got to the paint when he wanted. He got threes up when he wanted. Particularly got to the free throw line. That was it's it's been a key to his success all year when he's had monster nights. It's because he goes to the free throw line and makes them great free throw shooter. Shoots you know seventeen. He's gonna have uh, he had four, he had fourteen in this game, but it's like you know he's um, he's shooting a career high in free throws. It's become a huge huge part of his arsenal. How much he gets fouled. He finishes with forty one points, five assists. Uh, Ambry Simons seventeen in this game. Uh, five of five of fifteen from the floor. Not a great shooting night for Ant. Uh, Twelve for Matisse Thybul. Ten for Trenton Watford, who started in place of Jeremy Grant, who missed both this game and Sunday's game against the Clippers with that bruised quad that's still bothering him. Pretty pretty tough night for Yusuf Nurkic against the Celtics. He finished with six points and eight boards in twenty five minutes. Cam Reddish had ten off the bench. Shaden Sharp added seven, and you know this this game wasn't. Um, it wasn't a beatdown, but it was never particularly competitive. Uh, the Blazers led for a total of 15 seconds all weekend. All weekend. The last time we talked, I, I recorded an episode on Thursday night. You heard my voice on Friday. If you listen to the show, if you're not caught up in Friday's show, the Blazers head into the Celtics game. 
You know, it's looking a little rough. They led for 15 total seconds. Jason Tatum made a layup with nine minutes and eight seconds to go in the first quarter on Friday night. The Blazers trailed for the remainder of the weekend, briefly tied with the Clippers a couple times, but trailed for the remainder of that game. Did not have a lead for the final 93 minutes of, of the weekend. Gross. In the in the Clippers game, they got behind big early, trailed by 15 in the first quarter, but battled back down 36-30. Oh, that's your fast recap in the West for game one. Here's we're getting into game two. Play the Clippers on Sunday night. And they lose this game as well. 117-102. You will notice they didn't score 115 points in either game, which means they did not have the opportunity to win. Either of them. They weren't I, I did either and either in one the same sentence. That's pretty special. But you know, this team has a score to win. 112 is enough to win against the against the uh, Celtics, but they couldn't stop the Celtics, so help them. And 102 is not enough for this team to be competitive. Not enough for them to be competitive in a game. They lose by 15, 117, 102 to the Clippers. Like I said, down 15 after in the first quarter. It's like, oh, oh, this is not looking good. But they battled back. I thought they played pretty well to close the half. Uh, down six after one. Yusuf Nurkic had 13 and two in that first quarter. Good. He has been um, not very productive since he returning from that calf injury. This is by far his best and most productive game. Uh, and Blazers even tied this game up 44 all in the second quarter, went into halftime down four, have a chance to, to, you know, have a chance to, to be right in it. The Clippers, um, they're, you know, they're, they're not one of the bad teams, but they're, they've been really inconsistent this year. Basically when Kawhi Leonard has played, they're good. When Kawhi Leonard hasn't played, um, they're bad. Kawhi Leonard played, they've, they were, they were there for the taking, you know, down 15, you battle back, only down four, head into the locker room. And in the second half, they never had the ball in a one-possession game. Never had the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead, down two or three. Never had the ball. Didn't give themselves a chance. Down 93-90 after, after three quarters, head into the fourth quarter, the double-digit deficit, and get close. Seven minutes left. This is a six-point game. Yusuf Nurkic scores inside 103-97 for all of for as as, as poorly as they've played. And they did not shoot well in this game. As poorly as as, as they've played offensively, it's like you gotta win the last seven minutes by seven. That's it. That's it. And they don't. So they end up losing this one 102 117. Uh Damian Lord 21 points on four of 17 shooting, one of eight from three. He had a brutal shooting night. Uh Amphrey Simons, 16 points on one of seven shooting. Nurk, 23 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, the Blazers' best offensive player. I mean, Dame is the engine, but Nurk, most productive offensive player. 12 for Trenton Watford off the bench, who did not start in this game. Cam Reddish got the start, and he went scoreless in 19 minutes. 6 for Thibel, uh, 10 for Drew Eubanks, who had a nice game. 10 for Shaden Sharp, I might have already mentioned him. 12 for Trenton Watford, 4 off the bench for Nazir Little. Um, the, the difference, the like the change in this one that I thought was necessary was putting Cam Reddish into that starting lineup. The starting lineup with Trenton Watford, Matisse Thibel and uh, and Yusuf Nurkic just too many non shooters too many non shooters it's too easy to guard um, they need another with when uh, Grant is healthy it makes sense to keep Cam off the bench because you get that other ball handler when when uh, Jeremy Grant isn't healthy I think he kind of just at some point you just got to say we need to we need to make it easier on Damon Damon uh, Amphrey Simons they did I thought that was the right move and Cam Reddish struggled he's been inconsistent when he's been good he looks really good when he's been bad you don't notice him that was one of those games. Uh, you know, the Blazers finished 6 of 29 from 3. Uh, they didn't lose this game because they shot poorly, but I don't think they played. They played way better against the Clippers than they did on Friday night against the Celtics where they were just, where they kind of just got pummeled. Like the Celtics got whatever they wanted. Um, and 
Dame went heroic and got it, made it close, but it was like not, not, you know, down eight with three minutes left. It's like, okay, we need everything to go perfect. Literally, Dame turns the ball over at a timeout. They score, get another stop, score again. It's like, mm, okay, 13, score a second, score a third time, then the next trip down the floor, 15. Okay, this game's over. Like, we're, see ya. Um, it's like they had to be perfect to get back, and they needed Dame to be like a superhero. And he was, he's, he, he, he my man dons the cape pretty often, but they were not, they were, that was not a, uh, an impressive game at all. It was a bad game for him against the Celtics. Celtics. Celtics are really good. After that game, Chauncey Billups said, the Celtics are better than us. And he was right. The context of that quote was just like shared on Twitter, like the Celtics are better than us uh, in a perfect way for people to freak out. Good job, social media. But it was like, we can't turn the ball over as much as we did, and we can't give up as many offensive rebounds. He's right. Like Chauncey Billups seems that's correct. When a team's better than you, you can't give them extra possession. The Blazers did that. They were, they got punked. Um, I don't think they played poorly on 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 Sunday. Um, I don't think they played like well, but they played noticeably better. Uh, they just they shot a bunch of bricks. Uh, Damon Ant missed shots they can make. Uh, you know they needed. This is like just another night where they needed a third guy to be you know, a third sort of creator, a Cam Reddish to go off. That's maybe a bigger ask than Reddish is capable of. And when Kawhi Leonard was on the floor, they were really good. Um, I, I don't think, uh, you know, the Clippers are like susceptible to, to incredible letdowns. Basically, whoever's been wearing their jersey for 15 years, that's been the case. Uh, and that, that's just the time that they've been a good version of the Clippers. Uh, like, but I don't think, like if these games had happened in reverse order, you'd say, whew, they're really letting go of the rope, uh, but I don't think like I, I think they they responded from a pretty a pretty crappy night on Friday to have a, a a good like a good showing I guess like I don't think like again I don't think they played well I'm not trying to say like hey you know what if they just make they make a normal number of shots they win this game I don't think that I don't think that I just think they shot poorly and they played they were competitive in this game uh, they like they they battled back from struggling early. They didn't like totally get blitzed until the end of the game. Um, you know, and, and really like they were down. It, w- it wasn't double digits until late when the game was like truly, truly over. Um, though they played pretty well. I, I thought um, it was, it was not a game that where they played well enough to win. They did not deserve to win. They didn't, it wasn't a make or miss type game where they just missed. If they shoot normal, sh- normal make a normal percentage, they, they would have won this game. I'd, I'm not selling you that. What I'm selling you is that the, was the Clippers game wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Um, guess what? Chauncey Billups, he coached both these games. He's going to coach all the games next year too, or at least the first chunk of them because he's not going to lose his job over the summer, according to reporting from Jason Quick of The Athletic. The Blazers are not considering parting ways with Chauncey Billups this summer. So year three of Mr. Big Shot will be back in the fall. Let's talk about what that means and, and just in general – Let's talk Chauncey in the second segment. But first, I want to tell y'all about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play prize picks. I play on the app. You can check it out there as well. Or you can go to prizepicks.com. Whatever it is, you're going to have fun playing because you just pick your sport and then you pick a um, pick players between two and six players on every entry and you just pick above or below the lines set by prize picks, the projections set by prize picks. I play basketball, but you can play whatever sport you're looking for. It's all going to be on the app there for you. But it's things like points, rebounds, assists. Price pick sets the line. You pick over or under that. And you're just playing against the projections that are out there. It's not no no field, no sharks, no, no nothing. Just you versus what price pick sets. And so right now, 
go win yourself some money. If you're a first-time user, go to pricepicks.com, download the app. When you're signing up, use the promo code Locked On to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That means you put in $100, get $100, put in $50, they'll match you $50. Just simple as that. So go take advantage today. That is at pricepicks.com or download the app in your app store and make sure you use that promo code Locked On. All right. Let's talk about Chauncey Billups, shall we? Friend of the program, Jason Quick, wrote a story in The Athletic. The Blazers are not considering, not considering parting ways with head coach Chauncey Billups after his first two seasons. Billups under contract for three more years after this one. And the, and the Blazers are not inclined to change the head man. Going to give Chauncey at least, at, at, a, at the very least, he will open the season as their head coach. That is according to um, an unnamed source quoted in the athletic piece by Jason Quick. I will link it in the story description below. Uh, it's behind a paywall, so you got to pay for it. If you don't, you will just have to take my word for it, what I'm going to talk about here in this segment. Um the the source says like they haven't even haven't even considered um uh you know moving on from Chauncey Billups and then and then quick i mean credit to quick right this is the this is the thing that blazer fans want to talk about they're they're mad at Chauncey Billups because they think he's like inept and he's the reason that they're the season's going south not everybody thinks that but i think there's a they a vocal part of the fan base that thinks Billups is the primary reason for why the Blazers stink. And to be clear, the Blazers do stink. Let's be 100% clear. Let's also be clear about this. Chauncey Billups has not done a good job as the head coach. Those both things can be true. But guess what? He's getting the full endorsement from some of his players. Quoted in the story, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, and then most, most, um, boldly most of the strongest the strongest backing from free agent to be Jeremy Grant which I think is in general you would read you would read as a good sign they all say that Chauncey Billups is not the reason for the struggles he's a good coach he in fact has holds the things hold holds the boat together even during a trying season and, and uh, Grant says he's even been the bright spot of the year bright spot of the team during a difficult season Th- that's a heck of an endorsement I will say this the inverse of this story doesn't exist. Let me be clear what I mean by that. If they are considering firing the coach, um, you don't, a, a source doesn't say, yeah, his ass is gone in March, right? Like, don't like, I mean, maybe they do, but they just, like, I've been in the game. They just ignore your text message. They ignore your, when you try to approach them pregame, they ignore you. Uh, they ignore your phone calls. Like, if, if you're, you know, you're talk, trying to talk to someone, the, the language is a high-ranking person in the Blazers front office, whoever that might be. When you're trying to talk to a high-ranking person in the Blazers front office, they just blow you off. If the answer is, yeah, we're going to fire him, they either just, they tell you, but you can't do anything with it, or like, no, but if they're going to go on the record as a as a source, like not not with attribution, but on the source, it's like it's always going to be in the positive. It's always going to be affirming the belief in the coach. That's how this the, like the inverse of the story doesn't exist. It doesn't get it doesn't get written. The players in the locker room, uh, you talk to Anthony Simons, you talk to Damian Lillard, you talk to Jeremy Grant. Those gentlemen are too smart to say this dude stinks. Get rid of him, even if they think that they are going to give, if not a full throated, at least a half hearted version of like endorsement of the of the coach. Say he's done a good job. It's our responsibility. Like they're going to do the mature thing. So what I mean by the story doesn't exist in the inverse is like if you try to write this story and it's like yeah, this dude's getting fired. It just doesn't like, it doesn't, you don't, you don't get it in March. You get it in July. Um, and this like, I'm not, um, trying to throw shade at Jason. Like he literally, this is the story you've all been many, many, many Blazer fans have been curious about. He went and got it. Like that's, it's actually very good reporting. What I'm saying is like, 
Of course they endorsed him, y'all. <laughs> what else were they going to do? But this isn't about their endorsements. In fact, in general, like I think, I think the Jeremy Grant endorsement is curious because Grant's entering free agency, right? Um, I think that's it's a good sign that he wasn't like, yeah, he's been pretty good, like the or or that he was the most vocal in his, his in his support of Billups. But um, I, I just think in general, uh, of like it makes sense to me that the Blazers are giving Chauncey Billups year three. One is expensive to get rid of him. Um, like we don't really, I don't have a great grasp on the willingness of the Blazers, uh, ownership to spend. I know that they have actively stayed out of the luxury tax this year, but this team's bad and they're bad on purpose. Of course, they're not going to be a tax team this summer, this summer, if this isn't, if this, if they come back in the fall and they are an expensive roster, you know, the score of the game, you could start lighting up the ownership group. Like it, it, you scared money does not make any money, as uh, as the wise folks before me have said, uh, you're gonna have to. They're gonna have to be a low. If they if they plan on being competitive and having Damian Lord and and Amphrey Simons or who someone with a similar salary to Amphrey Simons and Jeremy Grant on the roster, like this is going to get expensive and they need to pay. If they don't, then we'll talk about the ownership group. But for now, it's like it makes sense. If you fire Chauncey, you got to pay him. Also. The Blazers' biggest issue this year is that the roster is bad. It's not the only issue, and it's very easy for me to sit here and say, like, I don't feel I don't feel conflicted about this to say that Chauncey Billups has not done a very good job this year. The roster is the biggest problem. Chauncey Billups hasn't coached this roster, which isn't good. Well, to me, I have. To me, I see those as very easy to say yes and both. Um, I think in general, there is a tendency to want this to be binary and say, Chauncey bad, Blazers good, team good, coach bad, team bad, coach good, whatever, whatever, right? Like it's never binary. And if you're a longtime listener, you know that I think that coaching is, um, I don't think it's meaningless. I think I've been misrepresented on the internet a couple times by people quoting me. Um, I don't think coaching doesn't matter. That's not it. I just think it's a smaller portion of the equation than talent. And the Blazers' biggest issue is talent. They didn't sign a center all year. They never put, they never put a player, a third player taller than six foot nine on the roster. They the two way spots. They chose to go with developmental pieces who are a long way away from being positive NBA contributors. That's probably a responsible way to handle it. But if you're trying to be as competitive as possible. There's a different way to handle those two roster spots. There's a different way to handle the 15th roster spot. You could you could wave Ryan Archie Diacono and sign a tall person. You could just you could just do it. You could do it. You could have um, engineered a trade for um, for a tall person at the trade deadline. You could have taken on James Wiseman's contract as at, um, and and not dealt with uh, the Warriors in the way they did, where it's like let's. let's Let's get Atlanta involved and get and get the second round picks. Like you could just you could just there's different ways to do it. There's plenty of ways to do it to get a tall person on the roster. They chose not to. They have really, 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 really missed Justice Winslow's contribution. Justice Winslow was arguably the worst shooter in the NBA when he got injured this year. He's having one of the worst shooting seasons of anyone in the league who's playing major minutes. And the Blazers desperately miss him. That is That speaks volumes about the weakness of the roster. If a team is set up that they're just like, well, Justice Winslow's hurt, our whole plan's tanked. Like, that's not a good team. That's not a good roster. And yet, and yet, 
I have no trouble looking at this team and saying like, I don't think they've gotten better at any one thing. And that feels like a coaching issue. What you want to see is like, not this team be good. Like it's even better than they are. Like they shouldn't be as far back as they are. Um, they shouldn't be, but they shouldn't be 13th. They should be in the mix with all of the rest of the mediocre teams fighting for a play in spot. And instead they're heading the other direction despite playing their dudes, you know, Ant played 33 minutes a night. Dane played 38. Like, this is, they're, they attempted to win both these games over playoff teams over the weekend, and they led for a total of 15 seconds. Like, they're just not good. There, I don't think you can point to the roster and say like, oh, from last year to this year, this is definitely better. Shaden Sharp has improved a little bit from the beginning of the season. Uh, Nazir Little has improved his shooting a whole bunch. To me, that's skill work. That seems like this file it under players play as I do. Damon Lode's been incredible. Um, I'm not, I don't think that's a coaching thing. Anthony Simons has absolutely, absolutely played his best basketball under, under uh, Chauncey Billups, without a doubt. At the beginning of the year, Jeremy Grant was having a career year under Chauncey Billups. I think both of those guys have... Um, Jeremy Grant's kind of plateaued a little bit and, and Ant hasn't been able to take the same steps on a team that wants to win and, and even when the minutes that he's played without Dame, he just like, it's not like he hasn't, Ant hasn't been bad, but it's not like Ant has taken more major strides. But undeniable, those two gentlemen played well under Billups. I just don't think like you could point to something on the, on the the that they're doing this year that they did last year and say, oh yeah, they're definitely better. Defense is not better. Offense, is, offense has been better, but it's mostly just because Dame Lillard's healthy. Um, yeah, like I don't think Billups has been very good. And yet I think it's totally reasonable that they would bring him back because they did this on purpose. The real damning thing for Chauncey is the beginning of his first season when he was a brand new coach to the league. That group, which was like playoff caliber good, roster was totally fine, significantly better than this year's roster. Um, check the tapes. I was saying that in the fall. Um, that group wasn't, you know, they were 10 and 8 at one point. It was like the furthest over 500 they were at any point deep into the season. Like, they're never good. But Dame was hurt and the vibes were terrible and you could easily throw that one away. That was damning, though, that they were never good and they had to go that direction. And then they, you know, then they pulled the plug and you can't really fault Chauncey for that. This year, again, it's like they pulled the plug. That's a, that's a front office thing. And this year, they didn't build a team. That was a, a team that was so obviously flawed, and like intentionally so, that they never addressed the flaws. The, the front office did this on purpose. Of course they're going to let Chauncey have another crack at it. Of course they are. Of course they are. I don't think... I don't think Chauncey Bill's done a good job. Um, I don't know enough about like who's available out there coaching to be like, this is my guy. Like, Do I think like Mike D'Antoni would do better with this team? I have no, I have no bleeping clue. In fact, in general, it's hard to know who's going to be a good head coach in the league until you see it happen. And in general, I think we judge coaching really weird. Eric Spolstra, a really good coach on a, on a Miami team that is struggling this year, but we all agree Eric Spolstra is a really good coach. Mike Brown, really good coach because the Kings are winning. So does it matter what the team's record is or does it matter the perception that we've previously held, right? Uh, Jason Kidd, really good coach when the maps were good last year, really bad coach when they're, when they're struggling this year. Is weird. It is a weird way that we talk about coaching. It is a very results-based business, um, and it should be. I mean, for sure. And and I again, I do not think Bill has done a good job this year. But um, I'm not surprised they're going to give him a chance with a more competitive roster. Um, yeah, like I don't 
from what we've seen, I'm not like, don't worry, he'll figure it out. I'm not selling you that. What I'm selling you is like, yeah, it, I kind of, I am not surprised that they're heading in this direction. And I don't think it's like, um, if the team is good, the coach will look better and will be able to judge his actual sort of coaching acumen, right? Like they, they, they both go, they both go hand in hand. I think, I think that's fair. Uh, I've gone a little long on Chauncey unsurprisingly, but let's, let's talk about couple other things in the in the third segment but before we do that I got to give out a little bit of hardware just you know just just your classic most electric player of the week brought to you by Nissan Aria look it's the all new all electric Nissan 2023 Nissan Aria it's brilliantly fierce fiercely elegant some would say stunningly powerful much like a 25 point fourth quarter from Damian Lillard to give the Blazers a puncher's chance. Much like 21-9-7. and A darn near triple-double a night. He did not shoot well against the Clippers. He's got that duality of fierceness and elegance to his game. He's beautifully strong. Someone might even call him elegantly powerful. Electric. Much like the perfect SUV crossover, the 2023 Nissan Aria, which packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Today's show, also brought to you by Bill Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar on average and four net carbs tastes great packs packs real fuel to keep you going and what you need to do plus covered in 100 chocolate the sweet little treat that's going to get you ready to go and plus now available at walmart's and sam's clubs in your area go check them out buy a four box find out what you like once you find out what you like go back buy the big box and get 13 in that bad boy Take them home, enjoy them, I bet you will. Or if you like shopping online, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. Check them out, Built Bars. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Portland ain't tanking. Just good old-fashioned losing. But they don't have many left. They've played 71. They're 31 and 40 guaranteed all but guaranteed i guess they could rip off some wins i should i should slow my roll lost 40 games it's going to be a team with a losing record they're not in a good spot and yet damian lord played 38 minutes tonight he played 38 minutes like that's a team going for it however on thursday over on uh Hashtag this league uncut, which is the podcast by Mark Stein and Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes shared at the very end of that podcast an interesting little tidbit that the Dame, that the Portland Trailblazers probably going to shut Damian Lillard down after the after five or six more games. Uh, now, if you're scoring at home, two games have passed. <laughs> that would be three or four more left. And Damian Lord was asked about uh, this after the game against the Clippers, and he said he's just not there yet where he's ready He's ready to not play. He's, he's not in a position sort of like emotionally, mentally, where he's, where he's not, he doesn't want to compete. He's a dude who, who wants to, you know, he wants to try to win games. He's, um, he has some incentive. Like he, he could be, I don't think so just because of how bad they are, but like 
he has a he has very legitimate case to be a first team All NBA player. Like he's been that good this season, arguably the best point guard in the league all year long. Um, he's he's been really really stinking good this year, and he's going to get rewarded in some form or fashion for it. There, you know, he's got an outside you know a puncher's chance at least to get the um you know to win the scoring title. It's going to be hard, but if anyone could do it, it's Damon Lord, who's been just a prolific scorer this season. Um, Joel Embiid's on a tear because he wants to win MVP. But uh, yeah, like he could track down Luca and Joel. Like, uh, sure, it could it could happen. Like he has some 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 incentive to keep playing and going for it. Uh, you know, it's average points, not not total points. Probably should be total points, but that's a conversation for another day. But the implication of Dame's response is that there might come a time that he's ready to sit out. And Haynes, dude's a Dame whisperer, like. He was invited to Damon Lord's wedding. Like, um, Haynes knows what's going on in the Lillard world. Uh, you don't need to second guess it. Um, you might need to closely read it, I would say, but you don't need to second guess it. Like, the dude's not wrong. Um, he's, he's, if, if, you know, if the, if there were at the time when he said it on the podcast, five or six games left of Dame's season, I'm willing to wager the Blazers have had the conversation with Dame that says, hey, look, look. We're 13th in the West, as of recording this now, three games out of 12th. The team they're chasing is the Orlando Magic to see if they can lose more games than Orlando for the remainder of the season and finish with the fifth best lottery odds. They're heading the other way. Right now, they're not doing it on purpose. Like, they're just playing out the string and losing because they're not very good. But there might come a time where they say, listen, these final five games, Ryan, Archie, Diacono. And if Arch takes us to the promised land. Well, it'd be really surprising because Damon Lord is can't Damon Lord is like the gonna be like a you know second or third team all NBA and he can't. So if, if Arch does it, whoo boy would that be special. Um I think it's fair to right now, if you're a fan of this team, uh and you're listening a half hour into this podcast, thank thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um I I I sincerely appreciate it. Um go buy some bill bars. <laughs> Maybe get a elect, certain electric vehicle. Uh, oh, kidding aside, like if you're a fan of this team, it's okay. To, it's okay and probably right for that you to want them to lose. It's probably it's probably right for you to watch the, them uh, lose and say, "Here we go." It's probably right for you to watch the Orlando Magic win a game and you're like, "Let's go!" Like all in, all in on the Magic, um, getting hot down the stretch and that Wendell Carter Jr. finding his rhythm. Paolo Bancaro solidifying himself as Rookie of the Year. Jalen Suggs, an elite defensive presence, playing great. Like, is 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 probably right for you to root for the Magic to win and for the Blazers to lose. Like, you you've you've made that point. You've made it that this far into the season. I think it's, I think it's beyond reasonable to say like, yeah, 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 yeah. I would rather them, I would rather them lose. Sure, tanking is rooting for that is is fine, and and, and to some extent, wouldn't it be easier if they just were out front with it wouldn't it be easier if the starting lineup was you know ryan archdiacono and Shaden sharp and kevin knox and jabari walker and drew eubanks play a little play a little train of watford off the bench play a little bit of nazir little off the bench give john butler jr some minutes and call it good like wouldn't it wouldn't that just like at this point deep into the season at that point wouldn't a out out an out and out tank in some ways feel better 
than going out there and trotting out a team that fancied itself a playoff team at the beginning of the year. Sure, they're missing Jeremy Grant, and he's a big part of what they do, and it makes everything easier on both ends. But like, and they led for 15 seconds against two teams. Like, it's, it, it, the fact that they're like non-competitive in these games. Not getting their not getting their butts totally kicked, but they're getting um, they're getting Heisman Trophy. They're getting like they're just getting the full stiff arm. Like, no, you will not be competing in this game. Like, they they didn't trail by 20 in either of these games. Down 16 was 16 was the largest deficit in both Friday and Sunday's game. But they led for a total of 15 seconds. They never held a lead in the second half of either game. They trailed the Clippers wire to wire. They briefly were tied in the second quarter and then were never within one possession in the second half. And that's with Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard playing 38 minutes and 40, 41 seconds. Amphrey Simons playing 33 minutes. Like, this is a team going for it. They're trying to win the games. At some point, I think it might just be easier if they were like, we stink. The season didn't go the way we wanted, except for Joe Cronin. It went the way he wanted. <laughs> One ball guy sitting in the front row was like, mission accomplished, baby. Um, I actually think they wanted to be better than this. But now at a certain point, it's like, mm, whoops. I, I don't think they obviously didn't give themselves a chance to be like truly competitive. They're not in like a serious way. But I don't think they want it to be this. I, I think this is wor- This is my read on it. Um, and I'm not super close. I've been to one game since October or whatever. Like I'm not in the building like um, chatting with people. But um, yeah, like it is, I my read on it is that they would have, they wanted to be in the play-in mix and then maybe miss the playoffs from there as opposed to where they are, where it's like, okay, 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 okay. Uh, we're not good. Um, let's, you know, the way the what they tried to do, when they, they were going to have to trade Josh Hart, but the way that they went about trading Josh Hart, prioritizing a first-round pick, not necessarily size. Uh, you know, Matisse Thibault, nice get for the price that they paid, but like, you know, the 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 way they approached the trade deadline was not a team trying to get better. It was a team trying to think about the future. You know, we talked about it on the show or I talked about the show immediately when it happens. Like, I think the Blazers got worse and they got worse on purpose. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Like they, they, they were that deep enough into the season that they weren't any good anyways. So it might be, it might be better if they just cut the facade, stop playing Dame 38 minutes. And if he says he's not ready yet, and if Chris Haynes says it's coming in three or four games, there's going to be a point when it happens. They might not be ready. He might not even be ready then, but he might just understand what the deal is and that they're chasing Orlando, not New Orleans. Certainly not OKC in 10th. Um, shout out to Mark Dagno and the OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder. They are, excuse me, they're an eighth, eighth as I record this. Um, when uh, T-Wolves lost. So, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, it's here. From little T tanking, just good old-fashioned losing games because you're not good, to big T tanking, it's coming soon. Guess what? Podcast isn't going anywhere. We'll be cruising along five days a week until friggin' August. So stick with us. We got more to talk about. Uh, Blizz play more games this week. We'll be there. Going to try to track down some interviews. Do what we do. We have fun on the show. If you're listening this deep into the podcast, you enjoy it. So come back for more. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.